welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. Oh, wait. Now, I'm Dr. Chris Bergwald. I'm filling in for Renee this week. She's out. And on today's show, we're going to be talking with Emily Leadham, who's the Executive Director of Catholic Family Services. We're going to be talking about how to survive winter and the winter blahs. First, we're going to have some biblical bites with Brianna. Because it's normally <laughs> Dr. B, but Brianna is filling in for... Renee, you? I don't know. <laughs> so we're going to make this work. So I'm actually really, I, I told you before we started recording, Brianna, that uh, I think Renee is going to be sorry that she missed this week's. You'll find out why hey. right now. Okay. So we're starting with the catechism. Um, Deep. People are like, what? The catechism? <laughs> Bring out the big books. The big books. <laughs> so this is paragraph two. And now you, because you did some homework. She actually prepared Bill. I know. Yeah, I tried. She, she did. because He interrupted my preparation. Okay, but but you did above and beyond. Like, Renee usually has to look to Bill to, for the, what Sunday? And what Sunday Does is she, it? She probably doesn't the know that. The fifth Sunday oh, of Ordinary she Time. Did. She knew that yesterday. She was prepared. Because I looked at the calendar. You did, yeah. So this is paragraph 208 in the Catechism, which is talking about the, the context here is who God is. Faced with God's fascinating and mysterious presence, man discovers his own insignificance. Before the burning bush, Moses takes off his sandals and veils his face in the presence of God's holiness. Before the glory of the thrice holy God, Isaiah cries out, sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Woe is me, I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips. Does it ring any bells? Is it in today's readings? Maybe. And then can go the catechism goes on one more, two more, couple more sentences here. Before the divine signs wrought by Jesus, Peter exclaims, "Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord." So the last couple in particular, Isaiah cries before the glory of the holy, uh, before the glory of the thrice holy God, holy, holy, holy Lord. Isaiah cries out, "Woe is me! I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips." Again, before the divine signs, the miracles wrought by Jesus, Peter exclaims, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. I was so excited when I, I had, I, there's a reason why I got there. I won't bore everybody with the details. But, so Isaiah, depart, uh, woe is me, I am lost, for I'm a man of unclean lips, Isaiah. Peter to Jesus, depart from me, Lord, for I'm a sinner. Those ah. are the readings for Mass today. The first reading is from Isaiah chapter 6, and then the Gospel is Luke chapter 5, where Jesus tells Peter to put out into the deep in Lord's nets for a catch. Peter says, Lord, we've been fishing all night. Like we're, We do this. I'm literally a pro at this. I'm a professional fisherman. But if you do so, and they catch the big fish, Peter realizes, oh my gosh, there's something more to this man. Depart from me, Lord, for I'm a sinful man. Um, and then I'm going to pull out what Jesus says to Peter. Is it a big fish or is it a large amount of it fish? It was a large amount of fish. <laughs> it was not a big <laughs> fish story, Bill. Um, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. When they brought their nets to the shore, they left everything and followed him. So both Isaiah and Peter have this experience of the power and holiness of God. Peter doesn't realize that it's God that he's interacting with when he's talking to this guy from Nazareth mm -hmm. comes to realize that later, but he realizes, Oh my gosh, there's something, there is something more to this man, whatever it is. So I love the fact that the catechism where it's talking about how God, God's holiness. And yet it goes on to talk about how he forgives us. The catechism references the two, two of the readings that we have. Um, but that's not the thing I want to focus on actually. Ooh. So this is again, the first reading, which you read part of, 
In the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a high and lofty throne with the train of his garment filling the temple. Seraphim were stationed above. They cried out to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the thrice holy God. All the earth is filled with his glory. At the sound of that cry, the frame of the door shook and the house was filled with smoke. Then I said, Woe is me, I am doomed, for I am a man of unclean lips, living among a people of unclean lips. Yet my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, holding an ember that he had taken with tongs from the altar. He touched my mouth with it and said, See, now that this has touched your lips, your wickedness is removed, your sin is purged. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for us? Here I am, I said, send me. So there's a great parallel there between um, Isaiah's experience and Peter's experience. Um, Isaiah, so what do you think is the whole thing with um, the seraphim taking this burning ember and touching Isaiah's lips? Any any guesses what that's, like what's going on there? Would it be any form of like purification? Exactly. It's exactly what it is. And after Isaiah's purified, his lips are purified. And then the, the question the Lord asks, who can I send to proclaim to announce the good news? Not yet of the gospel, but the good news of the time. So once Isaiah's lips have been purified by the coal, which, resembles the, which represents the holiness of God himself, then he is able to do. And, and the same thing happens with Peter. He's purified by the Lord, and then he's sent. You will be a fisher of men. The things, same thing happens with you and I. Uh, the Lord purifies us by our baptism, by the other sacraments later on, especially confession and the Eucharist, and we are, we're able to be missionary disciples through God's love, purifying love. Uh, last question, just in the little bit of time we have left, Brianna. What's a seraphim? It is one of the... Inquires of angels. Exactly. Yes. So that was that was actually when I first read the reading. The thing I want to focus on: angels are worshiping God. They, they, they help us, but first and foremost, they worship the Lord. But then it is also angels who do the work of the Lord. Just to use as you and I are missionary disciples, there's a way in which the angels, as well, are missionary disciples for the Lord. They do the good things that He asks them to do. Thanks, Brianna. Thanks, Doctor B. And now we'll go on with our interview with him. So joining us on the show today is Emily Leadham, Executive Catholic, Executive Director of Catholic Family Services. This is my first time guest co-hosting. You're doing so great. Just, thanks. Chris, thanks, you're doing Emily. great. Uh, we're going to talk about surviving winter, Emily. And today, as we're recording, it's winter. The the heart of winter, The heart of winter. It's cold it. outside. Sunny, which is nice. Yes, but so but stinking so cold. cold. Yes. So uh, you've talked before about how winter, and many people have experienced how how hard winter can be. Yeah. Uh, a really difficult time for people. Um, why is that? What do we know about the winter blahs? Yeah. Yeah. So some people actually really love winter. I'm convinced they're introverted um, and don't require a lot of sunlight. So both um, of those things. Yeah. Yes. I think if, if you are one of those people, you are probably thriving it. right now or people that um, really embrace a lot of like the winter activities. So they still love to go, maybe they love to go snowshoeing or maybe they're parents of little kids and they are so eager to get out and go sledding, that kind of thing. Are you that kind of person? No, I just, but that's why we need snow. Like yes. Cold with no snow. Cold with no awful. snow is the worst. It's the worst. Have you been up north recently? Uh, it, they have so much snow. Christmas, but not since then. Like up to your hips in snow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think people like that maybe maybe say, what are you talking about? I actually really love winter. 
Um, but for but for a lot of us, uh, even if we do try and embrace some of those winter activities and that kind of thing, um, it can often be really, really challenging. And there's a couple of reasons that I think go into that. Number one, the lack of sunlight. So mm-hmm. having uh, less sunlight, it messes with our internal clock, basically. Yep. So uh, right, normally the sun in the, in the summertime, for example, the sun wakes us up um, and we kind of go to bed when the sun goes down. Now I leave work <laughs> yeah. and it's dark outside dark. and I wake up and it's still dark outside. Yep. Um, and so that has that just has an effect on our serotonin levels and on um, and on our internal clock. So I think that's part of it. I think another part of it is is what I was referring to earlier regarding activities. So when we are um, when it's when it's this cold, um, it's a lot harder for for most of us to be really motivated to get out and get some fresh right. air. Yep. And so that's the, the common cabin fever, yep. right? Yep. That's kind of what that's kind of what that is. Um, so I think that's a big part of it. Um, and in that desire to stay warm, in that lack of desire to get out, get fresh air, that kind of thing, move our body, oftentimes um, we can struggle with kind of lethargic, mm-hmm. um, lethargia, Lethar- lethargy. lethargy, lethargy, is it really? It's lethargy. Lethargy. Um, we can really struggle with some of those things because we're just not, we're not moving our body, we're not exercising, all of those things that we know um, our doctor has do. told yep. us from the beginning that we should do. I think it's really hard. It's a lot harder to motivate, to be motivated to do some of those things. Most of us gain a little bit of weight during the holiday season yep. um, <laughs> because we want to eat all the cookies, try all the Absolutely. ice cream, that kind of thing. And then come January, we're like, all right, here we go. New Year's resolutions. Those last for about two weeks. And then we're still kind of in the the grind of, of um, yeah, not being able to get outside and move and all of those things in the way that we would like to. So for a lot of us, that's kind of what's, that's kind of what's going on. Um, and I think that can just present a challenge for us. Um, hi, have you, do you have one of those happy lamps? I don't. I've I never don't used one. Yeah, I don't know uh, if it's a legit mm, thing or not. Oh, I think they're, Oh, they're totally legit. Wait, I know. Okay. okay I know they exist. Lamp? It's the lamp. You actually, it's like a therapy though, where you have to sit in front of it for like 20, 30 minutes, something like that. I, when I heard of happy lamps and maybe they've evolved since I looked into them, I thought it was more like a lamp that you put on in the, on your table, for example, and just continue to do your work and yeah. that kind of thing. It's really not. It's more oh. of like you sit very, very close to it in front of it it's like a panel and it okay no i haven't heard of that. radiates something on you because there are right there are there are the i mean we have friends and colleagues in the building who have lamps that that um they the light they emit is more akin to actual natural sunlight and then therefore can help with vitamin d oh i want that Okay, I'm going to have but to look back not, into this because so that's not what a happy lamp is though. No, not okay. not what I was referring okay. to, but I think okay. something like that is is brilliant. And like I said, because so many people, um whether we recognize it or not, like we're made for fresh air, we're made for sunlight, that kind of thing. And when we spend so much time indoors, I think that can have just effects on it effects on us in in various ways. So, so what are some of the effects that like where, where, where can this go yeah. if it's left unchecked fatigue? Um, so, uh, 
<laughs> I was I'm laughing because we just had this conversation in my office um, last week. We were all like, why are we so tired? Oh, right. Like, oh, my gosh, I just, you know, yep. we're hitting our, our cheeks, kind of trying to yep. wake ourselves up a little bit. So fatigue can be a big part of that. Um, I think a lack of desire to engage socially can mm. be a part of that. Um, and, and honestly, you know, it's, in, it's interesting. I think, um, we're starting to see some of the effects of COVID and the isolation sure. of that yeah. and the fear around being around sickness yep. or the hesitancy to be around sickness. Um, anybody listening with little kids knows that it has been a brutal winter. I mean, we're, it's a revolving door of sickness in most kids, uh, in most young families homes right now. Um, and so I think that can also, uh, contribute um, positive or negatively to kind of a withdrawal um, from community and some of those things. So I think that can be one of the effects. Um, general lower levels of energy. So even if it's not you're falling asleep at the table, it might be that you just don't have that like get up and go, yep. you know, yep. um, or that feeling of hope or that feeling of, right? Like, man, when Easter comes and it's a beautiful day, isn't that just like Easter's going to happen, rain or snow? Right. But right. man, those it's a, Easter's it's a bright spring day. Yeah. yeah it yeah. just, it's like there, you just enter into it more fully. Right. Or there's like something about it. That's like, ah, I just am so joyful. That's what that's, it's kind of the same thing, you know? So all, all of those things impact our ability to have that energy and, uh, or the lack of sunlight affects our, our energy levels in that way. So is it a big deal? I mean, the, the winter blues, the yeah, winter blahs. So, so yeah, so, I, where I guess where I'm going is, is yeah. this something where we should really be self-aware of? Yes. And, and therefore, how do I do that? What am I looking yeah. for, et cetera? Yeah, absolutely. So I really think, Chris, there's varying degrees, you know? So, so you said earlier, like, this is just not really a thing for you. I was talking to my friend the other day, like, she's like, no, I kind of thrive. Like, I really like winter, um, because she's an introvert and doesn't require a lot of sunlight. I don't know. She's like a vampire or something. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Sorry. And you're her friend. friend which I know. I, I know. She's so great. Um, <laughs> but so, but, but I think there's, there's a whole spectrum, right? So I actually tend to be one of those people that um, struggle, but I would say uh, more in a mild, in a okay. mild case. So um, there's actually a diagnosis for individuals who really struggle. It's called seasonal affective um, disorder mm -hmm. uh, or SAD. And um, that's that's a more intense side of the spectrum. And it can even develop into more chronic depression or something like that. So I think it is, it's totally something that we want to be aware of. And I think for most people, uh, I'm not just trying to say that most people are like me to make myself feel better, but I think I probably... <laughs> There's a big chunk of us that uh, that fall in the middle here where um, we can tell it affects us. It's more or less mild, but it affects us nevertheless. And I think the awareness and why it matters is because when we start to name and recognize those things, we can actually start to overcome them or plan things in our life to really, uh, yeah, to, to step out of that place. So in a spirit of vulnerability, this was me for this last week. Uh, I just, I had no energy. I uh, would get home. I would put dinner on our table and I was ready to go to bed at mm -hmm. eight o'clock. I just was tired uh, getting up in the morning. I felt like, did I even rest? Even though I had gotten, you know, a full night's sleep. Mm -hmm. um, I just couldn't, I couldn't quite snap out of it. Um, and to the point where I was recognizing I was short, I was short tempered. 
Uh, I was really quick to to be frustrated with my beautiful children. Um, I was less motivated to do those things that just steward my home, get rid of the dishes after right. dinner, that yep. kind of thing, you know, all that stuff. So that's where I was at this last week. Yesterday, uh, I had a little come to Jesus moment and said, all right, I need to, I really need to lean into some of the things that I know are going to help me step out of this funk that I'm in. Right. And that's really what it is. It kind of felt like a funk. Um, so I, uh, I went to confession I had a beautiful conversation um, with a priest who I love and just gave him permission to challenge me. Mm -hmm. um, I exercised. I left a little bit early to get a better uh, a better exercise in. I just got my heart rate moving uh, or my heart pumping, my body moving. And, and this is going to be a very controversial thing that I'm about to say, I went and laid in a tanning bed for seven minutes. Mm. And... That's probably really odd and awkward for some of our listening audience. Bill's laughing over and there. And our producer. But there's but there's some re there's some reality that I was like, I, I need to feel some sun. Yep. I need to feel some sun on my face because um because it's affecting me. I can tell my hormone levels are just not yep. not thriving. Yep. Um and let me tell you. I was like a new person last night. <laughs> right. And in fact, even this morning, my husband just said, Emma, I'm so excited to see you just thriving and feeling like you're in like in a better place. And it's so fun for me to watch you, you know, lean in right now and whatever. So it's just like I but I'm attentive to, okay, moving my body, going to confession, taking care of my soul in a deeper way, you know, just kind of inviting a, a spirit of restoration. Um and, and getting a little sunlight on my face right. was really healing. Yep. If you're just tuning in, I'm Chris Bergwald filling in for Renee Kranz, talking today with Emily Leadham, the Executive Director of Catholic Family Services. Basically, well, Seasonal Affective Disorder, the, the fitting acronym SAD, the Winter Blahs, the Winter Blues, and how it is a real thing that, I mean, many of us recognize it in ourselves or friends, family, and so on. So you just talked about things like fatigue, uh, lethargy, those sorts of things. So if I'm, okay, and you described, uh, as you said, of being transparent and vulnerable with the listeners, um, you kind of recognized that in yourself and you took some steps. Yeah. What if I, asking for a friend, what if I see this in other people? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously, more seriously. Yeah, what did my husband do last week? Right. When <laughs> he saw this in me. Yeah. Right, right. What do you, what do you, how do you support people? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's a couple of things. Um, so um, I think I think the invite uh, is is one big thing. So um, okay, so for example, my husband recognizing this in me that I just was like, I just am struggling. He put a date night on our calendar. Um, and that's what I mean by the invite, finding, finding an opportunity to, to get out with that person, whether it's a friend or your spouse or even your children, we mm -hmm. can really pay attention to this in your mm -hmm. children, high school age children, uh, or high school age kids. This can really be a parent, um, but find time with them to really do something fun, to do something, um, more specifically outside the norm. So for us, uh, we might say we're, we're going to go for a hike. Or uh, here in Sioux Falls, there's a really fun rock climbing gym. We go rock climbing pretty regularly because it's just something that's that's a little different. It yep. kind of changes the pace of things. Um, this it, in the winter, often what happens is things can start to feel monotonous. Mm -hmm. It's like 
is spring ever going to be here, right? Um, where in summer, I don't know that anybody has ever said, wow, summer feels monotonous because right. we're, we're planning a lot of vacations and we're doing this and we're out and about all the time and it feels like, oh, it goes so fast. Normally January, February, and March, uh, even though it's three months, just like June, July, and August, that three months feels a lot slower right, to people. Right. Or it feels more monotonous, maybe not slow, but monotonous. Um, so finding things that are outside the norm to encourage that friend or that spouse to do, I think is really fun. Uh, something else something else that we've done is uh, we did a little subscription to something called Masterclass, um, where we're learning new skills and then practicing those things. And, and um, so instead of watching Netflix, uh, we don't have Netflix. So this is kind of our little thing where we're learning something, but it's still relaxing. Mm -hmm. We can still be at home and be mm -hmm. cozy, that sort of stuff. So I think those are a couple of ideas. Um, and then if there's the openness and the receptivity, I think to help people name it. Mm. Um, this, a lot of times people have no idea, like, why am I, why am I feeling this way? Or why am I so agitated? And they might not even be able to ask the question right. why they're just experiencing yep. the agitation, the, the fatigue, those kinds of things, helping people to name it um, by simply saying, you know what? I think these winter months are just really hard. I think it's hard when we're not moving. Like, how can I, how can I help you get some of those habits reinstated in your life that you really treasure or really find important? Do you think this is, uh, okay, it seems to me that this is more of a problem in January, February than it is in December mm -hmm. because there's nothing, right? There's nothing. And there's Lent. So that came out wrong. I'm not <laughs> blaming Lent. I'm not blaming Lent. Praise the Lord. I feel like actually when Lent comes around, I'm like, I'm always ready for Lent, you know, but Lent by its very nature has a very different demeanor, right? Than like prepping for Christmas. Right, right. Um, and so there is, I think in December, people are kind of excited, like yeah. let it snow, right? right? We sing right. songs about letting it snow and um, and we love like that frostbite feel as we're, you know, wrapping up our in our coats and whatever. Um, I think January, February, there's really not this like hope at the end of it. Um, Easter has actually in the last couple of years quickly became my absolute favorite holiday. Mm -hmm. um, That's because my favorite April celebration. Birthday, yeah, yeah. Actually, it's really fun when <laughs> Easter happens before my birthday. Right? Normally, my birthday's in Lent, but um, I, I really, I treasure it so much because it kind of is. I've the Lord knew what He was doing. Like, what an experience of hope. Mm -hmm. Prepping for Easter, walking through the journey of Lent, um, which often has this tone of. Um, a penitential tone. Yep. Um, so I, I think that's partly why January, February, and even March end up feeling so much longer is we feel like, man, where's the light at the right. end of the tunnel? When is Easter showing up? So it's funny you say that too, because so we're recording this on Wednesday, February 2nd, which is the feast of the presentation of the Lord. Yeah. So traditionally it's Candlemas. Yeah. So there was the, and it's, you know, it's Groundhog Day. Yeah. There's actually a connection between those two feasts. Oh, or I didn't know that. Two, it, it's okay. fascinating. We cool. don't have time to get into that. And I wonder, so this is, this is kind of me putting on my, I, I wonder if, if there's a way where, um, we've lost uh, in our Catholic culture, some of those things like it used yeah. to be back in the day, Christmas tide, not Christmas season, but the Christmas tide will go until February 2nd. Yeah. So the, the, not the hymns, the, the, the carols and so on, people would sing Christmas carols in, yes. in January yes. and we, 
just variety of reasons. We've um, moved away we've, from we've that. We've moved away from that, lost it, however yep. you want to describe that. Uh, and I do wonder, and, and again, like I didn't do anything special. Uh, to, I haven't done anything special today. I won't do anything particularly special today. But if there's ways where we can, um, as Catholics, not just as individuals or as families, but if there's a way in terms of our culture, and that's a bigger question than than our conversation today, but ways for us to recover uh, as communities of faith, some of those liturgical, the markers, liturgical markers that might yeah. help us. Yeah. To... Oh, I think you're so right, Chris. And part of it is we start celebrating Christmas so early that by the time January yeah. one hits or yeah. February 26th, we're kind of ready to get back to normal life. Right. We, right, right. It's like, oh, we're missing right. the beauty really, I think of these seasons yep. and the ways that they were actually intended to sustain us through these times. You know, I really, Rarely so. have the thing that many people do of when they're putting the tree away or the decorations away that, oh, I did this you year. You did this year. I did this. And that's especially because this is, so our oldest is going off to college yeah, next year. So this is last the last Christmas with everybody at home still. Yeah. I mean, she'll be home for Christmas again, but you know what I mean? I do. I um, do. And I like part of me, just that desire to sustain that yeah. Christmas spirit, for yeah. lack of a better word. Yeah, I think you're so right. I do think shifting in, in just the spirit of the liturgical season that we're talking about. When is when is Ash Wednesday this year? March? Uh, March 2nd. March 2nd, yeah. yeah so, so, we're, so we're one one month away from, from Lent. I think one thing that we can do um, is to start looking ahead liturgically in that way. And yeah. how do we want Lent to actually be... Uh, Kind of a restorative, a restorative time, um, but still uh, honoring the the penitential reality that it is. And so, and and the only thing I'm, I'm, it's it's difficult to describe, but I think in a lot of ways, like there's we're in the heart of winter right now. It's challenging, I think, to align some of those realities. Yeah. With the spirit of Lent. Yeah actually gives it purpose. Right, 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 right. Do you know what I mean? And totally. And I and I think there's a way where we can be, uh, so Advent is penitential and yet it's a joyful season. Yes. So I think there's a way, it's yes. kind of foreign to our experience. Yep. Uh, but I think there's a way for us to experience the penitential reality of Lent joyfully. Yes, I totally agree. I totally agree. And then aligning some of the challenges that some of us might be experiencing around the lack of sunlight and the cold right, and right, wanting right, the right. spring and that kind right. of thing, really allowing that to like beautifully meld with our entrance into Lent in that joyful penitence, right. um, in that surrendering of it. Um, and again, just kind of making it have purpose. Cause in some ways it's like, why do I live in a place where the air hurts my face? Right. Um, I think if we can align that to just like, this is where God has me and, and laugh and uh, unite that. I think right. it's a powerful thing. So uh, to recap, if you um, recognize, oh my gosh, that's totally described what, what Emily's talking about is describing me. Uh, move, exercise if you can. <laughs> Not move locations right. or do that. Well, you, maybe, you can move maybe, to Florida maybe, too. Florida, but... Right, but everybody else these days. Yeah. Uh, but move around, try yep. to exercise, try to get sunlight artificially or, or naturally yep. if you're yep. able. Um, and then just this last thing we we're talking about, maybe try to be looking ahead already liturgically to what's mm -hmm. coming and, and you maybe use that away. Um, and then maybe enlist the people, the support of the people around you, Amen. family, friends, loved ones. Amen. All right. 
Emily, thanks for being here today. Thanks, Chris. Folks, thanks for listening or watching. Uh, if you aren't following us on social media, please do so. You can join us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube to keep up on everything going on in the diocese. You can also find out all kinds of information about the diocese, parishes, events at our website, sfcatholic.org. That'll be it for today. Hope you'll join us next week for more Catholic Views.